I'm excited to welcome you this morning as we worship together and we're excited for what God has in store. I'm going to invite you to take your seats for just a few moments. There is no one like Jesus. Amen. There is no one like Jesus. We are so grateful for who he is. Um, We're grateful for the opportunity to know him. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 1 and verses 6 through 8. It's a very well-known scripture if you've been in church sometime. If you haven't, everything is in the YouVersion app, and I'm going to invite you to go there if you don't have it. It's uh, just Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. And we see uh, the words that are written here by Joshua as they were spoken to him. It says, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them turning either to the right or to the left, then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written on it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. Amen. I want to speak on the subject, the living word the living word this morning. So imagine if someone offered you a unique gift that could guarantee you direction, that could guarantee prosperity, that would guarantee success. Imagine if somebody just said, hey, I have this secret that I want to let you in on and be able to provide this to you, a gift that would give you an ability to rise above any circumstance, any challenge, any trial, and that you would be able to stand against the enemy, a gift that would keep you from sin, that would keep you from destruction, that would keep you from despair, that would save you a lot of heartache, amen? Wouldn't you be eager to receive this gift if I said, this is available to you? Well, it is, it is, and you can receive it today through the gift of the Word of God, through the gift of the Bible, through the Word of the Scriptures, we have access to all of that power. And if we read God's Word and we are able to apply it to our lives, the Word will work if we work it. If we apply it to our lives, we will see Him fulfill the promises that are already declared, that are already ordained, that have already been predestined in His Word in our lives, if we are able to apply that. So let's look at this for just a moment. When we look at the word, Jesus was present at the world's beginning, and we understand through Scripture that he is the word. He is the word. Jesus and the word of God are one and the same, and it has incredible implications for us as believers. I'll tell you why. In Jesus, the word was manifested in a human form. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And and verse 14 says, and that Word was made flesh. And through the Word, we have Jesus manifested. We have Jesus demonstrated on written pages. If Jesus appeared to you in the flesh right now, 
and someone around you was sick, you would have no hesitation to be able to go call on him and, and lead your, your sick friend, your sick relative to Jesus. Or, or if someone around you was depressed, you wouldn't have any trouble believing that Jesus has all the power to set them free. That same power that is in Jesus is alive in his word. The word of God is so powerful. And for us to be able to receive the truth in order to, for the word to work in our lives, it, we have to be able to practice it. We have to be able to put it in action. If at some point you in your life, at some point, at any given point, we feel that the word has lost its power, I guarantee you it is not the word. It's not because the word has changed. Heaven and earth will pass away before his word passes away. The grass fadeth, the flower fadeth, but his word will remain forever. It's not because the word has changed. It's because we have stopped. We have stopped mixing the word with faith. We have stopped mixing the word with faith. If you want to fall in love with Jesus, find him in his word. Find him in the word and make the word a priority in your life. And I'll ask that question in a rhetorical form. Is the word a priority in your life this morning? If you want more power, consume more of his word. Then the Bible, then the word will come alive in us. The word spirit is taken from the word pneuma in the Greek, and it means the presence or the breath of God. Did you capture that? That it means the presence or the breath of God. The Bible is not just a collection of words. It's not literature. No, it is not a book that you can just study to improve your life. It is not a self-help. It is a powerful body of truth, the very breath of God that has the ability to bring its own fulfillment. That word is literally spirit, and that word is literally life. If you try to understand the Bible with only your mind, you will find yourself frustrated. You will find yourself in a place where you feel like you can't advance. You will find yourself in a dry place and perhaps without power. Studying the Word, don't get me wrong, it is important, but if you don't include the Spirit of God in that process, if we don't include His Spirit in that process, the words we read will be exactly that, just words. If, you exper if your experience was with the Bible today has been unexciting up to this point and and you read it and you find yourself falling asleep. There may be others that feel that way, like trying to read a novel without the correct prescription glasses and without trying to be, without being able to see it for what it really is. Many of us in this place perhaps could be trying to read the Bible without the one thing that will help us see it and understand it and make it come alive to us. And we need His Spirit. We need the Spirit of Almighty God for the Word to come alive in us. Let me show you what the Bible says in that regard. It's not my philosophical uh, opinion. It is what the scripture says in John chapter 5 verse 36 through 39. Jesus is, is talking here to, to the religious folks of that time and he says, but I have a greater witness than John. My teachings and my miracles, the Father gave me these works to accomplish and they prove that he sent me and the Father who sent me has testified about me himself. You have never heard his voice 
or seen his face and you do not have his message in your hearts because you do not believe me, the one he sent to you. You search the scriptures. This is what he's telling them. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures, this is what Jesus said, the scriptures point to me. Amen. In the New Testament, we often see that these people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the the religious people of that area, they would question Jesus. They would try to catch him, and they would throw certain scenarios at him and say, didn't the law say this? They try to question the the legitimacy of Jesus' claiming to be the true son of God. These religious scholars that had all types of education, who knew the scriptures better than anyone in that time, They could even recite the first five books of the Bible by memory and be able to quote it and be able to just recite it in that manner. But in the scripture above, Jesus points to these people and he says, you think that because you just have it memorized, you think because you just have it memorized that that is the goal. Jesus points out that there is more to knowing God than intellectually knowing the scriptures. He confronts these Pharisees saying, you're searching the scriptures because you think that reading them will give you eternal life. But Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. The scriptures point to me. You're missing the big picture. If you're only reading the word to get through the day, you're missing the point. If we're only reading the scriptures to check off a box and fulfill a religious requirement. You just can't know the Word of God. You have to know the God of the Word. You have to know the God of the Word. The Bible can come alive and introduce you to the true character of who Jesus is, and it could genuinely change your life. So let's look at a few things. We're going to look at how the Word was revealed, the Word revealed. One of the most incredible stories in the Bible is the account of the young virgin named Mary and her visit with the angel named Gabriel who tells her that she is about to become the mother and the, of the savior of the world, that she is about to be a participant of this incredible privilege. And the details are found in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 37. Mary's initial response is, is one of confusion, uh, was to question how she could be uh, the mother to this child, being that she was a virgin. And in verse 37, the angel says, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. I'll pause right there to tell you that if you're facing something that that doesn't match up, if you are facing something that doesn't seem logical and it's an impossible feat that is in front of you, nothing is impossible with God. Mary was saying, how can I be, if I haven't known a man, if I'm a virgin, how can I be a mother? Nothing is impossible with God. How can I get through this trial if there is really no way out? Nothing is impossible impossible with God. How can I be restored even though I've fallen and I've fallen and I've fallen? Nothing is impossible with God. How can I be healed even though the doctor has said it it is not possible? Nothing is impossible with God. How can I get out of this mess? Nothing is impossible with God. How can I survive to see tomorrow? Nothing is impossible with God. It doesn't matter what the statistics say. It doesn't matter what the science says. It doesn't matter what the logic says. Nothing is impossible with God. The word nothing 
in the Greek is two words. No rhema. Rhema is the Greek word for word, and it means the revealed word. You may have experienced the rhema word of God while listening to a sermon when it feels like somebody, somebody told the preacher what you were going through. It may be uh, while you're facing something and all of a sudden something is said and, you, and it jumps out to you and it, you're able to apply it and take it. And it's a word that encourages you. It's like if it just came directly to you, like if nobody else was in the room. You may have also experienced rhema while you're reading the Word, while you're reading the Bible and the words just jumped at you and you just opened the the Bible that day randomly and all of a sudden the scripture that you came across is able to encourage you and able to sustain you and able to, to lift you up from what you are facing. That's the Word at work. That's the word at work. When it becomes relevant to you, when it becomes ap- applicable to you, the, the word that God speaks, no word God uh, speaks will be void and will be absent of the power of its fulfillment in your life. After the word, after the word became revelation to Mary, she then believed. She then believed. She had settled in her heart that she would believe, that she would obey, that anything God spoke to her would would be true. So when the rhema word from Gabriel came, when the right now word came, she was prepared to obey. It didn't matter what it was. If aspects of the word this morning don't make sense to you, or you're not seeing the fulfillment of a biblical promise, remember that God is not looking for you to understand. God is not looking for us to understand. God is looking for us to obey. Are we being obedient to his word? We need to say, God, I may not understand it, but I choose to trust you anyway. I may not understand it, but I'm choosing to put my confidence and my faith in you. He's looking for us to obey. So let's look at a few ways to activate the word of God in your life. Are we activating his word in our life? Number one, we have to make God's word a priority. Make God's word a priority. We will always make time for things that are important to us. Have you ever heard somebody say, I don't have time to work out? You have time to work out. It's just not that important to you. We make time for what is important to us. Just as our bodies need food for fuel. And we are able to carve in some time to be able to stop and eat a meal, our spirit needs the word. Your spirit needs the word. And as you spend time reading the Bible each day, it will bring you life. Number two, you have to believe what you read. Believe what you read. You have to choose to believe that the word is true. You have to choose to believe that the word is true. God says that it is impossible to please him without faith. If you put your trust in God's word, you will see your faith and confidence go to a new level and go to places it has never been before. If you choose to do that, the Bible says this, faith comes from hearing the message or from hearing the word, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. And the third thing, you have to meditate on scripture. Are we making his word a priority? 
Are we believing what we read? And are we meditating on the scripture? I have Bible for this. Don't just do a daily reading and put the word away. It's not just about reading five chapters and calling it good. Think about it. In Psalms chapter 1, verse 2, he says that the righteous man, David says that the righteous man delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night. What else did David say? He said, your word have I hid in my heart that I would not sin against you. Your word, your word, your word. The word meditate means to just process and to just, to just ingest it and to let it, to let it get inside of us. We, we need to get the nutrients from his word to be able to sustain us. Because while I, I'm, a, I'm grateful and, and it is important for you to be here at Sunday, on Sundays from 10 to 11.15, what happens Sunday at 10.15 in the evening? And what happens on Monday at 2 in the afternoon and on Thursday at, at 6 o'clock in the evening? I care about you enough that I want to share some principles that you're able to take, that when you're able to read the word and be able to ingest it and be able to take the nutrients, it's able to sustain you, that we're able to be a church that meditates on his word day and night, that we are able to be a church just as as, as God told Joshua, then only will you prosper and then only will you have success because you have taken his word and you have applied it to every area of your life. We need the word in the world that we live in. We need the word to be able to survive the challenges and the situations that we face. We need the word to come into us and to remind us who we are in God. We need the word to be able to survive. We can't make it without his word. So let's look at some ways to meditate. Let's look at some ways. Number one, you have to speak God's word out loud. You have to speak God's word out loud. You have to find declarations in the scripture that, can, that you can speak out loud to and that can, that can strengthen your spirit in the time of need. Saying scripture out loud effectively reminds you, reminds your soul of what you believe. It lets everyone else around you while you're declaring it know that I will not die, but I will live and I will declare the works of the Lord. It is about taking his word and applying it and declaring declaring it and speaking it out loud that the words that come out of my mouth are able to speak life and are to be able to build up our faith, that we are able to memorize truth and the promises from the word so that we can speak specific scriptures over specific situations that we face because we all go through stuff at different points and at different levels and at different stages and ages of life and we need, but there is a word that is applicable for your situation there is a word that is relevant. There is a word that can heal you. There is a word that can deliver you. There is a word that can bring you up from whatever you're facing. For example, when you're battling the enemy and it seems like it's too much, you have to quote John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It doesn't matter what I'm facing, greater is he that is in me. It doesn't matter what I'm going through, greater is he that is in me. It doesn't matter what they said about me 
me greater is he that is in me. And if the passage is not in first person, you have to make it personal. You, you have to be able to take the scripture and apply it like Luke chapter 10 verse 19 says this, God has given me authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power, not just some of the power, not just all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm me. I have to take the scripture and make it applicable to my life that, that the God that I serve, he has given me power and authority to tread over all the power of the enemy. It doesn't matter what you throw against me. No weapon that is formed against me will prosper. It doesn't matter if the enemy comes in like a flood. The spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. It doesn't matter if I go through the waters. He's going to be with me and the fire will not burn me. I have to take the word and say you will not rob my peace. You will not rob my joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, is there anybody in here with me this morning that can say this word is alive. This word is true. And it has power to help you where you're at. It can find you where you're at. In the lowest situation, in the highest point of your life, or somewhere in between, it can find you, and it can change you, it can challenge you, it can encourage you, and it can build you up. When your circumstances appear overwhelming, you have to remind yourself and speak this truth out loud. Like what Romans 8.37 says, no, in all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I'm not a conqueror because of myself or because of what I can do, but I'm a conqueror because of him. It doesn't say in some of the things, it doesn't mean that challenges are absent. It doesn't mean that trials are not evident. No, it means that in all these things, we are more than conquerors. It doesn't matter what you're facing, all these things, we are more than conquerors. We have to remind ourselves of what David said in Psalms 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I have to write these scriptures in my heart and, and let them bubble out. When trials and hard times come, I have to remind myself what David said, that he is the one who forgives all, all our sins, and he is the one that heals all our diseases. I have to remind myself of what Paul said in Philippians, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. If you're worried about how you're going to make it financially, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. I had to speak it out loud. Number two, I have to think about the word day and night. I have to think about the word day and night. If you are tuned into God for only one of your 16 waking hours, I realize some of us sleep a lot less than that, but it, on average, if we only carve out one hour to be in the scriptures, what, what is going through our minds the rest of the time? What words are we speaking the rest of the time? I'm not saying that we quit our jobs and we do nothing but study, but I'm just saying as you're walking from one place to the other, 
You are my light and my salvation. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. It doesn't matter with the situation. I, I can do it. I can do it. I serve a God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, that, that I have to, when I'm struggling and I'm frustrated, that I have to know that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. I have to remind myself of Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good for them that love me. I, I have to remind myself of what Joseph said in Genesis chapter 50, that you meant it for evil, but God turned it and made it good. I have to remind myself of this scripture day in and day out. Jeremiah said it's like fire shut up in my bones. It is an incredible, incredible component that can change our lives, that can change our lives. Bring your world and God's word together. Your secular world shouldn't be different than your sacred world. Let's bring God's word into our world. It will change our lives. The third thing, make meditation practical. Because we're, we're talking about these, these steps that we can take as believers to be able to be free. How do we get there? I have to make it practical. When it comes to meditation, frequency is key and not the length of time frequency. Are we consistent in it? It's not how much, it's how often. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth that said, I never pray more than 10 minutes, but I never go more than 10 minutes without praying. It's frequency. Reading through the Bible three times a year may be a great goal to have, but it will be meaningless if you aren't taking the time to allow it to speak specific truth into your heart and to be able to come alive in our situation, for it to truly sink in to our heart and to our spirit and let it change our lives. So let's learn how some, some, some nuggets, let's find some nuggets that we're able to chew on throughout the day. Choose a verse, one verse, study it, recite it to yourself. Talk about it with your friends. Write it down in a journal. Write it down. Let it write it down in the tablet of your heart. Post it on your refrigerator. Post it on your bathroom mirror. Take one scripture and just let it soak in your spirit. Maybe more beneficial to read a specific verse 10 times a day rather than reading for 30 minutes. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. Solomon highlights what we need to do with God's word. And it's in, your, it's in the notes for today. My child, never forget the things that I have taught you. It says, store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. We gotta do, and then we got to do what's written. 
we have to do what's written. There may be times when we are actively studying, when we are actively reading his word, learning its truth, and we are getting excited about it. But are we consistently doing what it says? Don't just be, what did Paul say? Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Be doers of the word. Are we living the word out? Do we consistently do what it says? Because if we did, we would see the word of truth at work in our lives. The promises of God are fulfilled when we walk in obedience to his word. If the worship team will join me. In James chapter 1, verse 23 through 25, it says, we find the, 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 the premise to the promise of seeing God's, of seeing God's powers power work in our lives. This is what it says, for if you listen to the word and don't, and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, his word is perfect. Into the perfect law that sets you free. That sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. What does the word say about what I'm facing? What does the word say about you? What does the word say about me? Are we taking it? Are we looking at it in the mirror and just walking away and ignoring the fact of what it's telling us, or are we saying, you know what? I have to take it and I have to apply it to myself. His word says this, and I have to follow it. His word, are we taking his word and letting it, letting it truly give us an accurate reflection of who we are? important to, to make time for the word, to make sure that we don't allow things to interrupt it. Find a verse that resonates with you. Say it out loud. Think about it all day long. Put it into practice and see what happens in your life. I can't wait to hear about it. Take one scripture. Let it change your life. Meditation will then turn into revelation. Revelation will then activate your faith. And when your faith is activated, anything is possible. I'll say that one more time. Meditation will turn into revelation. Revelation will turn and activate your faith. And when your faith is activated, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. I want to invite you to... I want to pray for you before we leave this morning. If there is someone in this place and you have not accepted Jesus as your Savior, as your personal Savior, to, to be able to know Him as their God, 
is your God. The Bible tells us about Abraham and Isaac, father and son. And he, he was referenced as the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac, but then they had a son. Isaac had a son named Jacob. And Jacob had an encounter with God. And from that day forward, he was no longer just grandpa's dad and he was no longer just dad's God. Grandpa's God, dad's God, he was now his God. And he was known as the God of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob because he made it his own. What am I saying by that? He may be your, your husband's God and he may be your friend's God, but is he yours? And he can't be yours, he loves you that much. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you want to pray this prayer of salvation, this prayer of committing your life to God, I want to give you that opportunity this morning. And I want everyone at the sound of my voice to pray with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and making a way for me to come to you. I repent from my sins. I confess you as Lord. I confess you as Savior. I confess you as King. Change my life. Restore me. Build me up. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite you to stand. Regardless of where you're at this morning, regardless of where you find yourself, there is a word that can find you, that can change you, and that can challenge you. There is a word for your circumstance. There is a word for your sickness. There is a word for your frustration. There is a word for your anxiety. There is a word for your shortcoming. There is a word, and we're gonna activate that word right here, right now. So right now, Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you that your word never returns void. We thank you that your word always accomplishes its purpose and its destiny. I thank you that even though I may be weary, even though I may be going through a difficult time, there is a word that can lift me up. I may be wondering how I'm going to make it, but there is a word that can build my faith. I may be depressed, but there is a word that can heal me. Lord, I may be lonely, but there is a word that tells me that you are a company keeper. I may be going through the roughest challenge of my life, God, but you have promised to be with me until the ends of the earth. I thank you that there is a word that is relevant. There is a word that is alive. There is a word, there is a rhema word for us right now, God. Right now, we activate our faith and we ask that your spirit come right now 
Spirit of God, come into every heart, into every mind, into every spirit right now, God. We ask that your word, that we would be able to see the word come alive in our lives. God, we, we repent from looking at it solely through the eyes of literature, solely looking at it as reading material. God, we, uh, we God, at this time, right now on this day, we commit to, to, to read our word, to, to read your word with faith, to mix our faith in there, and to know, God, that your word is alive, that your word still has power, that your word still changes, that your word still restores. God, right now, I pray for everyone going through a dark moment in life. I pray for anyone facing the highest mountain that they have ever faced right now. God, I thank you that there is a grace that sustains us. I thank you that there's a word that says that before my heart faints, lead me to the rock that is higher than, than I. Lead me to the rock. Lead me to the rock. The Lord, I, I declare that, that from generation to generation, you are God. You are our stronghold. You are, God, everything that we need. God, I declare in this place that you are our provider. I declare in this place that you own a cattle of a thousand hills. I declare that you will fulfill our needs according to your riches in glory. I declare, God, there is a word for every struggle. There is a word for every heartache. There is a word for every frustration. Right now, I just declare it true, God. And I declare that your spirit, God, will enlighten. That your spirit will challenge. That your spirit will rebuild. That your spirit Spirit will restore. I thank you, God, that there is nothing impossible for you. There is nothing too difficult for you, God. I declare it to be true. I declare it to be true. I declare it to be true. I declare.